Tonight we're continuing our navigation series um, talking about God's will for our life and what does that look like. And um, tonight specifically we're talking about decision making. I know, right? It's like super exciting, right? Um, So I don't know about you, but there are certain decisions in my life that I don't like making. I feel like I'm not alone in this, um, but I feel like and for all of us, there are decisions that we make <laughs> that shouldn't get on our nerves, but do, um, because they should be far more simple than they actually are in practice. And for me, that is where to eat for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Proof of the fall is that is getting a group of people together to try and figure out where to eat dinner. It's like the worst thing in the world because inevitably half the group is like, I don't really care when they really care. (laughs) And then there's like one really assertive person who picks something awful like (laughs) Burger King. Burger King is on my like veto list of restaurants. Um, I will I will eat literally any other fast food, but if you suggest Burger King, I will I would walk myself to another place to eat. I would buy something from a gas station over Burger King. Um, Just putting it out there. Some of some of this for me though, some of my hate for Burger King is tied to um, the fact that I had Burger King on a missions trip and that may be like the most terrible decision you could ever make in your life. Um, anyway, so I hate trying to decide dinner with another person. Like I can do it by myself, it's fine, I can like be decisive, but when you add other people into the mix, the worst. Um, and so being married is fun um, because literally every day I have to decide either where or what to eat for dinner with another person. <sighs> Gosh. Stupid fights, guys. Don't fight over stupid things. My marital advice to you, don't fight over stupid things. Anyway, um, so <laughs> it's just that it just makes it so complicated. And then because of Seth and I and our personality temperaments, um, Seth is not super into conflict. And so, and so if he's gonna fight about something, it better be good, you know? So he's not one to assert his opinions super frequently or he has a limit per day of like how many times he can assert his opinion. Um, and by the time that dinner rolls around, Normally, he's used up all of them. Um, so, and then there's me. I am more assertive normally, but I was the young, I'm the youngest in my family. My sister is almost five years older than I am. So for a very, very significant portion of my life, my opinion on what we ate for dinner did not matter. Because who's going to let a six-year-old decide where the whole family eats for dinner? No one because you will eat at Chuck E. Cheese every night. (laughs) Anyway, so I learned from a very young age to make do. So 
and like I'm not a super picky eater. I will pretty much eat any type of food. There are certain things that I don't like, like I'm not really into raw tomatoes or cucumbers, but I can find something on the menu and not violate those two like sacred things in my life. Um, so I'm normally the person in the group that I'm like, whatever, you guys, you guys are probably more picky than I am. It's fine, I'm fine. <laughs> like total, totally do the girl thing, it's, my, it's fine, I'm fine. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so college was fun. Um, <laughs> but th like I said, the thing that frustrates me about deciding about dinner with other people is the fact that it's a super unconsequential decision to make. Like it's, like, it's like, it's just food, people. Like, this is not hard. It should not be hard, but we make it hard. And if we make that decision that difficult, then decisions in our lives that are actually really consequential are even worse. They are more stress and anxiety inducing than even deciding dinner with a group of people. Um, but the good news for us is that when we come to God, um, we're choosing to follow. Um, that when we come to God, God doesn't look at us and say, okay, great, have fun. Kick us in the pants and let's, let us go and figure it out ourselves. Um, that when, when we come to God, God is inviting us to follow. Um, and that God is making a way for us throughout our lives. Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Um, God, in his great mercy, gives us wisdom and knowledge when we need it. Um, because he cares for us. He cares about the situations of our lives, um, the things that come up, um, expected and not. I'm sure most of you expected that when you got to college, you would have to pick a major. Like, but you may not have expected that you would pick a major and then hate it. Um, and then have to pick a new major. So, um, that was me. Uh, I switched my major, it was fun. Um, not really. Um, but the, like I said, the great thing is that God is with us in those moments. And he, he does give wisdom and knowledge and understanding. His care for us shows in those moments. Even more so, God wants to guide us. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you lack wisdom, God will give it to you and generously. God wants to guide and direct us. God doesn't want to leave us hanging. But then the question is, so how does that happen, right? Like, how does God guide us? Um, how does God speak to us? I'm bringing this up because I thought 
Joe was going to bring it up last week. And since he didn't, I feel like you might want to hear how God typically speaks to people. Um, so this is by no means an exhaustive list, but some good basics. Um, first, God speaks to us through scripture. If you want to know what God has to say about your life, start with scripture. Either there will be explicit commands for how you are to live and walk through your life, or there will be principles that you can glean from the whole of the narrative of scripture. God speaks to us through that. Um, God also speaks to us in prayer. This includes silence and solitude. Um, fun fact, God can't speak to you when you're praying if you don't shut up. Amen. <laughs> this is hard for me too. Um, sometimes though, when we pray, we, we just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And sometimes it's like we're just like talking out our stress, which is fine. Um, God can handle that. And it's a pretty healthy thing to do with your stress rather than just like letting it, you know, sit. Um, but if we don't stop and listen, God can't speak to us. Um, and, and actually in that stopping and listening, that's where being immersed in scripture is really helpful because you, it makes it a lot easier to differentiate between the voice in, your own voice in your head and God speaking to you because you're gonna notice a distinct difference in content between the two. The more familiar you are with scripture and what God tends to, has said to people throughout history, you're gonna start to see the, that consistency. And, and, and then even be able to differentiate between your voice, God's voice, and the voice of the enemy that wants to bring shame or guilt in ways that are really unhealthy. Um, so God speaks to us through scripture and through prayer. God also speaks to us through people. Um, these are typically people that who know you well and who you trust. Um, so family, friends, pastors, mentors, insert other people here. Um, and sometimes that is instructive in that they say something and it gets you on a path. And sometimes what they're, God speaking through them is words of confirmation, of confirming what God is already saying to you. Um, I've experienced both in my life. Um, I'm actually in Chi Alpha because of one of those instructive kind of moments with somebody. Um, my, my senior year of college, I was an RA, and it was a very small school, so we only had two women's dorms, and we had one faculty who was, who overseed, oversaw all of the, the RA staff for the women, and um, she mentored us and um, resourced us as, as necessary, and um, just became a trusted friend um, and mentor. And saw her about a year after I graduated, and um, we were just talking, and she was like, um, she had made a job transition. I was working in some offices that were next to the Chi Alpha offices, and she was like, hey, so have you ever thought about doing Chi Alpha? Because I've been talking to them about you. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, um, I've 
thought about Chi Alpha in the sense that someone mentioned Chi Alpha to me and I said, no, I want to work in a church <laughs> immediately. And that was kind of it. Um, and, um, but the thing about Deanna um, is that she, um, one, she's a trained counselor, so she can read people really well. Um, but two, um, she is also incredibly stubborn. And once she gets something in her mind, she will not shut up until she gets away. So I was like, I'm not going to fight you on this because I know that it will be a losing battle. As stubborn as I am, you are probably more stubborn. Um, so fine, if you set up a meeting, I will be there. Um, so she did. Um, she was like, when are you free? When's your day off of work this week? Um, went and had a meeting. She walked me out of the building and she was like, so what do you think? And I'm like, I'm like, I think I need to pray. <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, dang it, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of saying it right now. Um, she was right. Sometimes there are people in our lives who know us really well, who God drops something in their heart, and maybe they don't even fully realize it. Um, but God then uses that to guide us and direct us. And like I said, sometimes it, it's more confirming what God's already been speaking to us. Um, God also can speak to us through circumstances. Um, sometimes there's our, there are perfect storms of things that happen in our lives, both good or either good or bad, um, that God uses to, to get our attention. Um, sometimes that perfect storm of things is, I mean, like I had one of these, um, a few years ago where it was just like, it seemed like everything in life was just like falling apart. Um, but I was also very, um, personally and spiritually unhealthy in that stage. And God had to make it really, really clear for me to be like, maybe I need to do something about this. Um, sometimes there's just, you know, like the circumstances that you graduated high school and you have to figure out what you're going to do with your life. Um, and God is bringing you to a place where he wants to take you to the next step. Um, there are a few other things and some of these things are more contingent upon personality um, and temperament. Um, we all have a logical mind um, but some of us really love ourselves a good pros and cons list. Mm -hmm. And for some of you, if that is you, God speaks to you through that. I'm, I'm like, Emily's having a moment right now. Uh, <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, this is me, all me. Um, and some of us um, are more intuitive people. Um, we get gut feelings um, that are often accurate. Um, if that's not you, that probably scares you. And if it's you, you're like, yeah, that happens. Um, so, sometimes God speaks to people through dreams. Um, I had a roommate when I lived in DC. Um, she dreamt very frequently and literally all of her dreams were God dreams. Um, that was just, that was like probably the mo one of the more consistent ways God spoke to her. I have like, a dream every quarter, every third of a year. Um, no, seriously, like, like I, I honestly have so few dreams, it's kind of sad. 
Um, I think this is why I'm, God allowed me to marry Seth because he has like these wild, crazy dreams and they happen so frequently that it's like I get to live vicariously through him a little bit and get to hear all these like fun dreams. Um, like, so my dreams are, like I said, incredibly infrequent and they're either like action movies of dreams mm -hmm. where it's like I'm John McClane or something, I don't know. And <laughs> right? yeah. yes, that. Um, or, or there's something like that's just like, what was that? Like the last dream I had was a, like a few days before Christmas. And the only reason I remember this is because I tweeted about it because I thought it was funny. Um, I had a dream that the baseball team that I follow traded their third baseman, who was also the de facto captain, to another team for an outfielder who is, albeit an all-star. But I'm like, what good is this going to do? <laughs> and that was my dream. God does not speak to that is there's nothing about there's nothing about that that is God speaking to me okay um so but I know this like I know that this is how God that God does not speak to me that way and it's fine <laughs> um but regardless resist the temptation to police how God speaks to you or to other people Amen. um like if you if if you're like God seems to speak to me through like these weird gut feelings I get and that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Um, that's okay, but don't shut it down. Like I get that it makes you uncomfortable. Like it, it makes me uncomfortable too when God speaks to me that way. And for a season of my life, God spoke to me a lot that way um, because it does feel kind of precarious. Um, but at the same time, like you don't want to turn God off either. Um, and, and to learn more consistently of, of how God speaks to us, it's just going to take time and paying attention and honestly some trial and error sometimes. Madeline's um, <laughs> eyes just got really wide. Um, yes, trial and error, um, which involves mistakes. Um, and also how God speaks to you may change over time as you change and grow. Um, God doesn't speak to me as much through like gut feelings as he did when I was 19. Um, probably because I have a little bit more just natural wisdom from being older that God doesn't have to be like, hey, I'm just going to drop this thing in your gut and you're just going to like go off of it. Mm. Um, <sighs> um. It's really tempting when you've done when you when you're trying to figure out what God wants you to do in a situation um, to to make a decision quickly. Um, sometimes because like the situation is like oh, there's a deadline. Like if I don't accept this job by this point, then they're going to give it to someone else um, or something like that. Um, don't make decisions because you're in a hurry or because you don't know what else to do. Um, Proverbs 19.2 <coughs> says, desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? Um, sometimes God, God's answer is wait, and that's hard. Um, I graduated college in 2008. Um, which was a fantastic time to graduate college, right before the economy tanked. Um, 
And I went to a, I went to a four-year Bible college and with the intent on going into ministry. I applied to a bunch of ministry jobs as, sta as a staff pastor at churches, um, got none of them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this is good. <laughs> um, well, I still need to pay bills. So I um, stayed in the city that I went to college in, um, moved in with a friend, and ended up working at Lowe's, the home improvement store, for two years. Um, that season of my life was really frustrating. It was really hard because what God made very clear is that his answer to me in the moment of what am I supposed to do next was wait. And had I not waited, I would have never come to Chi Alpha because the, that conversation that I told you about with my mentor from college happened a year into that two years. And I would have never had that conversation with her had I not been living in the city and working a job I hated and venting to her about it. Um, and so God wants to guide us, but then no matter what happens, we have to trust him. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Sometimes um, you will come to a place where you thought God was guiding you in one direction and then you come to a fork in the road and you're like, what is going on? Um, I worked with Kai Alpha at Georgetown for three years, and um, at the end of that, um, that third year, um, started getting a sense that I had done what I needed to do there, and it was time to move on, um, and started praying. And, and um, when I was in high school, one of the things that I've kind of felt God place in my heart was to move out of the country and be a missionary. And um, there were a lot of things that just prevented me from doing it up until that point. I was 26 um, when I was leaving Georgetown and I was like, okay, um, God, like now I'm, I have kind of an open-ended, I have no idea what's going on in my next step. So if this is a, a way you want to take me, I'm open to that. Um, and uh, I heard about this opportunity to work with some people who had come out of Chi Alpha and another part of the country um, to go work in India. And I was like, maybe this is something. And the more I prayed about it, the more I, I sensed that that might be the way that God was leading me and had some weird confirmation kind of things happen. Like I had a piece of mail with the word India on the envelope like twice um, when I got back to my apartment because um, I had heard about this over um, the winter break and I was like okay like God just sent me a piece of mail literally <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I was like okay like and so I did the crazy long application and um, and 
was waiting to hear back on if they were going to invite me to do um, training. And <laughs> the week that, like, actually, I think it was like maybe two days before I got the email that I had been approved to go to training, um, this guy asked me out. Um, and I was like, okay, um, you seem pretty fun. So, and I've got a year until I'm supposed to leave for India. So, or at least a year. I was like, so there's time to like, see what happens here. Like we may not be dating in three months. So, but you like, why not? Sure. Um, I like you. Um, this could be something, could be nothing. Um, told the missionaries that I was going to work with about that, and they were like, yeah, that's fine. Just figure it out before you come, because we want you to be in India if you're in India. Um, it's like, okay, great. Thank you for that freedom. Appreciate it. Also good advice. Um, and um, so that conversation with them happened in June. In October, I was like, oh, no. I think I want to marry this guy. <laughs> and I was like, what in the world? What is this? God, why, why, why on earth would you bring me this dude? <laughs> At the same time that I feel like you've been pushing me toward India. Because I'm not going to be able to have both. At least not right now. And thankfully, I had a really good friend who was in a similar situation, only re the reverse. She was already a missionary and then was coming back from the field to get married. Um, and so I was like, Bethany, <laughs> tell me all the things. <laughs> and she probably the best advice I have ever heard um, was, you're not going to please everyone with whatever decision you make. And there will be people who will assume terrible things of you no matter which one, no matter which way you go. There are gonna be people who are gonna say, of course you'll get married. And there will be just as many people who will say, why would you disobey God and get married? And then she was like, you have to make a decision you can live with. And in praying and talking about it with God, um, I came to the place where I, I realized that I could go to India with Seth, but if I went to India, I might have to live the rest of my life without him. And that pushing pause on a dream that God had spoken to me when I was 16 to take hold of a dream that had been in my heart for as long as I could remember, getting married and having a family was okay. I don't expect everyone to, to make this same decision, but that was where I, that was the place that God brought me to, where I was like, this one's kind of up to you. Like your life will look very different if you take one of these two paths, but both are okay. Sometimes God does that. 
And sometimes you make a decision and it feels like everything is just falling apart. And you're like, did I choose wrong? Mm -hmm. <laughs> even in those moments, even if you did choose wrong, tr trust that God sees what you can't. Sometimes we pray and pray and pray for God to give us an answer because if things go badly, we want someone to blame it on. Um, we want to make God our scapegoat. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to hear God accurately all the time. Sorry to burst that bubble, but don't be scared um, because you can't out-mistake God. And any missteps you may make along the way are just woven into the story that God is telling through your life. Amen. So rest in his resolve to be with you. Um, a few really practical questions to inform your decision making as we wrap up. Um, sorry, I also forgot to mention that if you had questions, you could text them in. My bad. <laughs> um, if you have questions and you're okay just yelling them at me, that's fine. Um, but um, first, what do you want and why? Um, you need to be honest with yourself about what, what you want, what your own desires are, but also the motivations behind them. Um, secondly, what does scripture say? Does scripture say something specific about the decision you're trying to make? Um, also, this is not an exhaustive list, but it's a, I feel like it's a good start. Um, does this decision um, further the kingdom or does it hinder my witness? What do people who know you well and whom you trust think about this? And are there any other practical things to consider? Can I afford this? What will my life in this new city look like? Um, are there long-term consequences or outcomes that I should really think about? Um, so as you're making decisions, um, spend time reading scripture, spend time in prayer, asking God to speak to you. Um, talk to people who know you well. Trust that there are unique ways that God may speak to you. Um, and ultimately, like I said, rest in God's resolve to be with you no matter what decision you make. Okay, do we have any questions? Okay, great. So um, the first question I got was about when you said, sorry, another question. Okay, um, yeah, when you said God can't speak to you if you don't shut up, so this person was pretty dumbfounded by that statement. So talk about prayer a little bit and mm -hmm. the different ways to pray. Um, yeah, and they said, are there different ways to pray than just closing my eyes and bowing my head and saying whatever it is I think I'm supposed to say? Okay, so what are some ways to pray? How do I hear God in my prayers? Um, talk a little bit more about that. Okay, so yes, there are multiple ways you can pray. Um, you can just do like the pray through list thing. Um, you can simply sit and talk with God like you're talking with a friend. Um, 
I, I do that a lot in the car, actually. Like, I will talk stuff out with Jesus in the car. Um, I, I did that as, I mean, I got into a habit with, of that when I was in college because I lived for my, um, the school that I went to was four and a half hours away from um, my hometown. So I did a lot of driving um, and a lot of long drives. And so Jesus and I had some conversations. <laughs> but but what, I, what I also discovered in the process of doing that is that since I am an external processor, sometimes I would just say stuff and then I'd be like, oh, Maybe, maybe uh, in my ramblings, Jesus just dropped that thing in there, for, and then I had to hear it out loud and go, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, Madeline's nodding. She's like, I've done this before. Um, so sometimes, like, if you are doing that rambling thing, God still may speak through that. Um, if you're an external processor, that may be how that happens. Um, if you're not an external processor, like, journaling is a good means of prayer, of um, a, a, a prayer discipline. Um, there are also like written prayers and um, I mean, there are something called centering prayer, which is um, essentially you're just, you focus your attention on God and you say nothing. Um, and as your as you know, your thoughts come, because that's what happens when you get silent and you're <laughs> inundated with technology all day, um, that you kind of allow those thoughts to kind of pass by, and you continue to keep your focus on Jesus. Um, and for some people, in those moments, like God just brings a lot of clarity about life. Um, but if you're doing like okay, God, I'm going to ask you a question and I'm just going to sit here. Um, and you are kind of new to prayer or new to listening to, for God to respond to you in prayer. Um, initially, I think a lot of it's going to sound like your own thoughts in your own head. Um, and it's just going to take some time as the more you do it to begin to differentiate God's voice from your own. Um, and like I said, that's when I was um, talking about that. Uh, earlier, that's why reading scripture is really important because it makes it a little bit easier to start to see like, oh yeah, that's probably Jesus because I wouldn't say something like that. Um, or, oh, that reminds me of this thing that I read recently. That's probably Jesus. Um, and so, it, like I said, it's just like that part is, there's no quick way to get there. You just have to sit, you just have to do it. Um, and and keep doing it, and and like I said, then when it comes to like acting on things, you, like it's gonna take some trial and error, um, and but there are ways to do trial and error that are a little less like um, that are a little bit more low stakes than others. Um, so maybe you say like, okay, God, um, sp speak to me about like somebody you want me to talk to today. Um, somebody you want me to encourage today um, because that's like one of those situations where you can kind of begin to work that muscle out that doesn't have a lot of like heavy weight to it it's just like oh I just have to have a conversation with a friend and ask them you know how their day is going or about this thing that um, is going on in their family or whatever um, so I don't know if I hope that helps um, 
question. So if you feel like God has said something to you, given you an answer, mm -hmm. is it okay to ask for confirmation or a second sign to confirm that answer? Um, I, th I think asking for confirmation, um, sorry, I need to repeat this for the, for the recording. Um, is it okay to ask God for confirmation um, when you feel like he's been speaking something to you? Um, so I would say it's perfectly natural to ask for confirmation. Um, I think that at a certain point, we just need to trust um, that sometimes we, we ask for confirmation and we're like, well, just give me one more confirmation. You know, like if God provides you confirmation, then he provides you confirmation, you just need to do it. Um, and Tyler will probably talk about that in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> so just throwing that out there and you got your shout out. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but, and throughout the scriptures, there are instances of people like asking for confirmation, like throwing out like a literal fleece and saying, hey God, if it's dry, then it means this. And like, if it's wet, it means this, you know, like, and, and at one point, like, and I don't, I'm trying to remember if it's in the same story. Um, it's not, forgive me. Um, but like, it's just like, stop putting me to the test. Um, like if you, if you know that you've heard from God and you're just reluctant to do it is one thing, but if you're like, God, I really don't know, um, it's okay to ask. That's a good word. Um, so do we have, do we have, yeah, we have one more. Okay. I got one more if anyone wants to text any more in. Um, so this person asks like, what do, what do you do if you've been waiting on an answer for a long time, praying about it for a mm. long time and you haven't had any answer from God? What do you do if you've been waiting for a long time and you, it doesn't seem like God has given you an answer? Um, I think I would ask God about that. <laughs> like, like, I would ask, I, like, it's, it sounds kind of like, let me answer your question with another question. Um, but, but I think there is, it's okay to say, hey God, like, I've been, I've been asking you about this what's going on here? Like, is, is my answer wait? Because I feel like I've been waiting for a while. Um, or is this a decision that's kind of in the realm of things that are left up to me? Um, it's not, because sometimes we, like, there are decisions we can make in our lives that God's like, it's, it's not that he doesn't care, but it's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I care about you, but I don't, like, I don't have, like, this is not something that you need a specific word from me about. Um, like, so I changed my major in college and I agonized over it. And God's like, are you still going to be obedient to me in, you know, in your career? Yes. Well then pick whatever you think is best. <laughs> like if it would make you more comfortable to change your major, do it. Um, it's okay. This one is in the realm of things where you're not really going to make a bad decision. It's just one major is leans one way and another major doesn't. Um, and so um, it may be something like that where it's like in the realm of like, it's all okay. <laughs> you can just make a decision. Um, but if it's not, if it's something that is more consequential, I think there's a point when you're like, okay, God, like what, what's going on here? 
Um, and then maybe that's a point too where you're where it would also be good to to start having some conversations with people you trust um, to see if those conversations can help bring some clarity if they have wisdom um, to offer for that situation. Um, so. And then we have a follow-up question to the prayer question. Yes. Is there a wrong way to pray? Is there a wrong way to pray? Um, I don't really think so. <laughs> I'm like trying to think if there's like actually like a really wrong way to pray. Um, that I can think of, I don't want to No, that's fine. But I know you're trying to think, is the one time where um, the, was it a Pharisee or was it in a parable where they were praying like in the temple oh, seeking? Yeah. So, so um, what Emily was just talking about was um, basically uh, a Pharisee, <laughs> I think it was a Pharisee, um, was praying and basically using like big fancy words and taught and like praying in the temple out loud so that everybody could hear and like trying to make themselves look good essentially um i would say that's you're probably that's probably like the only really wrong way to pray but i mean in terms of like your own personal time with jesus um i don't think you can really go wrong um except for by not doing it um so um so yeah, cool, awesome. Well, um, let me pray for us. God, um, God, thank you that you do care about us, that you love us, that you wanna guide us, um, and that we can trust you. Um, in every circumstance of our life, um, and every decision that we need to make, um, whether they're big um, and really truly life-changing decisions or they're seemingly inconsequential. Um, God, we thank you that your grace um, is there for us in those moments when we seem to miss it. Um, and that your resolve to be with us is greater than any mistakes we can make. God, help us to trust in you. Help us to hear your voice. Um, help each of us in this room to learn how you speak to us, um, to become more in tune with, with that, with how um, the, the ways that you speak to all of us, but also the very specific and unique ways that you speak to each of us individually. God, for, for those of us in this room who um, are kind of new to this whole thing, um, God, I ask that you will, you will give so much clarity um, that you will help them to be brave in those moments of trial and error. Um, and that your grace will abound for them. Um, Lord Jesus, uh, be with all of us as we walk through the rest of the semester um, and all the decisions we have to make. Um, guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name, amen.